0: Welcome to this reading of a Pathwork Lecture by Eva Paracas. It is read by Gary Volbrocht Pathwork Lecture number 248, 1996 edition, February 8th, 1978. Three Principles of the Forces of Evil Personification of Evil My dearest friends, God's blessings envelop you. Jesus Christ is present here, warming you, giving you courage and love, truth and hope that is always justified. Turn to him, for he is God's human manifestation. He is the cosmic Christ who transcends all human bickering, separatism, and the me-versus-you attitude. When you look at this series of lectures from some distance, you will clearly perceive that there is a profound meaning in their specific sequence. Retrospectively, you can recognize this rhythm and meaning in the sequence of lectures. The topic of each lecture and its sequence spell out an articulate message the spirit world is sending to you to help you take the further necessary steps on your path. In this lecture, I wish to instruct you again about certain realities and laws concerning evil. It is very important that you understand more about this so controversial subject at this present moment. For many centuries, the power of evil was fully recognized. Humanity had a sense of the invisible, and what is usually referred to as supernatural, regarding both the forces of light and the forces of darkness, as well as their manifestations, their effects their influence in your realm, and their personification as spirit entities, as angels, and as devils. It has always been said that the individual's free will determined whose influence would predominate in one's life. While human beings were still in their immature mental and emotional states, their wills were not sufficiently developed to make conscious, appropriate, and wise choices. The strength of their lower selves, and their inability and unwillingness to face and therefore transcend the lower self, frequently made them the prey to evil influences. Lack of self-knowledge inevitably led to lack of self-responsibility. Thus, humanity felt victimized by evil spirits. Fear of them often led to submission to them, and this happened on a quite conscious and intentional level. The worship of Satan occurred openly, and when this was not the case, It certainly occurred unconsciously by choosing the influences that corresponded to the intentionality of the lower self. As history proceeded, a disconnection from the invisible world occurred. This disconnection itself is a manifestation of evil, as I shall explain more specifically later. Now I just want to say what I have often mentioned before. Evil and its manifestation must itself become the medicine to overcome evil, at least in the long run. Therefore, this disconnection from supernatural realities inevitably had very regrettable effects. But it also created an arena in which people could no longer blame the devil for their own misdemeanors. They had to look within themselves to correct the effects of evil. So humanity had to go through a period of isolation and separateness from the invisible realities in order to grow into self-responsibility. However, what was ridiculed as superstition was in reality a half-truth. It is indeed a kind of superstition to make outside forces responsible for one's fate, yet invisible forces do exist, and do have their influences. In other words, we are dealing once again with a duality. Either the self is responsible for the individual's fate, or the angels and devils are. Humanity has matured sufficiently to be able to unite this duality. After a long period of concentrating on the self at the expense of invisible forces, the time has come when you can combine the two facets of reality and truly make them the one reality it is, from our spirit world's vantage point. Although I have discussed the existence of these forces ever since my task with you began, for a considerable time we concentrated mostly on your own inner being, with all its subtleties and all the various levels of consciousness and their interaction within you and around you. Occasionally I did return to the power of the invisible forces, but always in conjunction with your own determining voice. You have begun to understand that, to the degree your lower self is conscious, thereby enabling you to choose not to act upon it and to pray for help to purify it, you are invulnerable to evil." To the degree you commit yourself to the will of the highest and dedicate your life to follow in Christ's footsteps, spirits cannot approach you. But it is not enough to voice such good intentions on the surface of your being. The decision must penetrate the most hidden levels of your personality if you are to become the shining light that repels dark spirits. The purification process of this path is a deep-rooted system that totally renews the personality on all levels. My beloved friends, the time has come for you to understand more profoundly how you are an electromagnetic field, that always attracts what is commensurate with certain levels of your innermost being. To attain this awareness completely and clearly, you need more information. For this reason, I should now like to discuss three specific principles of evil. Your understanding of this material will prove immensely useful, and will bring into clearer focus your view of life in general, and of your own life in particular. The first of the three basic principles of evil is the most obvious to humanity. The devil was always associated with the principle which aims to destroy and to inflict suffering at all cost. The separation between the self that perpetuates suffering and the victim who suffers is so great that the perpetrator is deluded into being unaffected by the further effects of his or her acts. It is known that everything about Satan is earmarked by separation, not only from God, but also from others and from the self. This aspect of separation exists in the case of all three principles I shall discuss here. The delusion of evil in the case of this first principle lies in the misperception that your brother's or sister's pain is not unavoidably also your own pain. Instead of recognizing this basic truth, A person, whether in human form or as a discarnate entity who is filled with evil, experiences excitement and pleasure when spreading destruction, suffering, and pain. The second principle of evil is materialism. This not only applies to the earth sphere, but equally and often even more, to a variety of hellish spheres in which entities live in a totally disconnected way, convinced that the dead state of thickly condensed matter, much more thickly condensed than your living matter, is the only reality that exists. In such hellish spheres, The suffering is not the same as the suffering deriving from the first principle, which was often depicted by visionaries in your earthly sphere. This second principle is less often understood and sensed. Visionaries have not seen the spheres corresponding to and manifesting this principle. I'll give one illustration. Imagine a life in which nature is totally absent. Nothing is alive. All is condensed matter. Nothing has flavor. By the same token, the entity's inner nature is equally inaccessible. Everywhere, there is only deadness, mechanicalness, and alienation from all that is pulsating life within and without. There is no birth and no death. Yet the unchanging existence here is not the eternal life that is truly heavenly. This manifestation is the distortion of eternity. It is hopelessness itself, as if no change were ever possible. Existence is totally mechanized. Such hopeless kind of suffering is neither more nor less desirable than suffering through direct infliction of pain. It is simply a suffering of a different kind, corresponding to a different principle of evil. It should be easy to see that until fairly recently in your history, your earth sphere manifested the first principle of evil in a much stronger way. In the last hundred years or so, the influence of the second principle has taken over. With the disappearance of the superstitions, the connection with the subliminal levels of reality has also disappeared the lifeline to pulsating reality and re-enlivening was broken. The result was an alienated reality in which humanity prided itself on its advanced state. Advanced because the emphasis on matter actually did result in technological progress. But also advanced because human beings became the only reality unto themselves. This had its positive and negative ramifications. The positive manifestation brought people back to taking responsibility for themselves, and therefore led them to search within themselves to an ever-increasing degree for the causes of their fate. It is not coincidental that at this point the human psyche became a matter of scientific study, with psychology as a helpful tool in this endeavor. The negative manifestation was that a life was produced which is not totally different from the second sphere of evil I described. These two principles have been known by spiritually aware people. Since every principle and every aspect of spiritual reality can, and frequently does, also manifest as an entity, two different kinds of devils were also recognized by some visionaries. They represented and personified these two principles. Each one held its own kingdom and ruled its own world, with many spirits of lesser power serving it. The hierarchy that is recognized in divine spheres also exists in satanic spheres. The third principle of evil is little known. Although it has been only recognized in a vague way, perhaps as a byproduct of evil but hardly ever as a powerful principle itself, it is as effective as the other two principles, and, like them, also has its own personification, hierarchy, and realm. It is the principle of confusion, distortion, half-truth, and all the variations that may possibly exist in connection with it. It includes using truth where it does not belong or is not applicable, so that the truth suddenly turns into a lie without being easily traced as such because it is presented under the guise of divine truth and seems unassailable. The resulting confusion is not just an extremely effective weapon of evil. It is an evil principle in itself. It will be easy to see, my friends, how important it is for you to understand this now. You will find all these principles represented in your world, around you, and within your own lower self. You will see that in its negative intentionality, your own lower self contains all three principles of evil. Only when you become clearly aware of this can you recognize when devilish forces and spirits want to destroy you and inflict pain on you by enticing you to inflict pain on others. They also want to convince you of the illusion that you are separated and isolated that neither God nor any life exists beyond the life of your present body. Finally, they want to drive you crazy with confusion, dualistic splits, false either-ors, half-truths, and subtle distortions that you cannot sort out. To recognize all this is of tremendous value for you. You cannot deal with an enemy whose existence you ignore, and whose weapons you cannot recognize. The time has come when you can clearly see how the corresponding type of distortion in the unpurified areas of your soul becomes an inevitable compelling field of attraction to powerful forces of evil that you can only neutralize and render harmless by your own determination to remain true to God. You can use the light of Christ to help you work within yourself and purify yourself, so that this field of attraction within you can be transformed into a different magnet, attracting different forces. It must also be understood that these principles always coexist, but one may be stronger in manifestation at certain periods of history or during certain phases of an individual's life. It is the individual characteristics and personal inclinations of each entity that determine which of these three principles is most compatible with the individual in question. Collectively speaking, at different periods in the cycle of evolution, one or the other of these principles will be most prevalent. That does not mean that the other two principles will be absent. They all contribute to the ultimate aim of the forces of darkness, to alienate creation from the Creator. Here is an example of how the three principles interact. Confusion and distortion of reality, making a truth out of a lie and a lie out of the truth, create a numbness toward the cosmic eternal aliveness that can be felt deep in the soul of any individual when there is truth and clarity. This numbness, created out of confusion and chaos, inevitably inflicts pain and suffering, just as the lie must inflict pain and suffering. Starting with any one of the three principles most prevalent in an individual or in a collective manifestation, you will see that they must all coexist and reinforce one another. Today's human mentality can accept the principle of good and evil more easily than the fact that they are both also personified. However, even the principle of good and evil is still often disputed, as if good or evil were merely subjective perceptions. Here again, we are dealing with a half-truth. In fact, Both good and evil are often experienced on a very superficial level, according to limited, personal, and highly subjective perceptions. When the issues are seen on a deeper level of consciousness, what was first believed to be good can often be seen as questionable, and possibly as a mask of something evil. By the same token, what appears bad on the surface might turn out to be a very good experience or manifestation. So, it is quite true that good and evil should be both viewed with caution and discernment and examined in as much depth as possible. However, it is a grave mistake to assume that, because of this fact, Good and evil do not exist in a very real way. The denial of good and evil as absolutes, in spite of the relative perceptions humans have of them, leads to nihilism, hopelessness, and the void, as if that were the ultimate reality. For quite a while, it was considered very fashionable and intelligent to postulate this nihilism. It obviously expresses the same separation from deeper and cosmic realities as the second principle of materialism. The confusion and half-truth inherent in the denial of absolute good and evil is an expression of the third principle, which breeds the second principle, until that ultimately causes the first principle. In this age, humanity has made a step in the right direction because it begins to recognize that good and evil actually exist above and beyond the relativity of limited human perception. Humanity is open to accepting God as a creative principle and also sees the existence of another principle that countermands the divine creative principle. But people nowadays are still very hesitant to accept the fact that all principles can and do manifest as entities. It is as though you still hesitated to let yourself be called childish and primitive. By people who believe themselves to be wiser and more knowledgeable when they ridicule other manifestations of reality. If personification of principles and creative forces did not exist, how could you exist as human beings? A human being is merely one form of personification. You personify both principles of good and evil. As you now know very well, why should it be so hard to accept, or why should it appear so primitive and unintelligent to believe that along the scale of development there exist beings who manifest more or less of each principle? And finally, why should there not exist entities who manifest total goodness and total badness. In the latter instance, you may say that all created beings are ultimately divine, so they cannot be all bad. This is true in a much wider sense, but it is possible that, in their present state of manifestation, their divine core is so overlaid by evil that nothing of it manifests. We are here to deal with the fact that personification does exist in all gradations, and to deny this would be far from being knowledgeable or intelligent. Knowing that angels surround and influence you need not lead to worshipping the angels and overlooking Jesus Christ, the divine manifestation as personification, who is the ultimate source of all you need, and of your life itself, you need not overlook that direct contact with Jesus Christ is what opens the channel of communication between Him and you. Nor should such awareness of spiritual presence lead you to fear the devils you sporadically attract, according to certain cyclic rhythms. Like all disease, the devils near you are cause, effect, and medicine. Their proximity and their effect on you is caused by your own unpurified, limited, and undeveloped consciousness. Your unpurified consciousness has the effect of drawing devils near you who confuse you with lies so that you no longer know what is truth and what is untruth. Your confusion induced by them can be used by you as a medicine, if you so choose. You can use it as an indication that you need to develop and purify these unattended parts of your soul. Instead of fearing the devils or Denying their existence so you can overcome your fear, you need to recognize their voices and learn to distinguish where these voices come from. This is, in itself, a very necessary step in your development. If you ignore or deny their existence, how in the world can you become aware of them and counteract them? If you do not know that at times they surround you and inspire you, you unknowingly become their tool. If you do not consider that lies may be whispered into your thinking apparatus, you will not use your capacity to question and doubt the thoughts that filter through you. It is necessary to become aware of the connection between your lower self which due to its ignorance, fear and lack of faith creates destructive defenses and negative intentionality and the voices of satanic entities. Together these two sources of negativity wreck havoc in your life and in the lives of those around you the time has come when you need to know clearly, fearlessly, and intelligently what the facts of life are in this respect. Because the stronger you become in your higher self and its positive intentionality, while at the same time leaving certain aspects of the lower self unattended to, the more you become prey to evil influences who are much more concerned with you than with those who are not particularly aware of subliminal forces and whose life is not dedicated to God. Now is the time when you particularly need to know as much as possible of the enemy and its weapons so that you can combat this enemy force which is drawn toward you to the degree that you do not heed these periods of contact and fail to decide to make them a medicine. It is often not understood that Satan does not regard God, the source of all life, the creative principle of all universes, as the opponent against whom all his efforts and warfare are directed. Satan, the ultimate personification of all evil containing all three principles personified as entities, recognizes God as creator and bends to his will and his laws. He cannot help doing so. It was God's will for evil to have its sphere of activity and influence. For only in this way can evil be truly overcome within the soul of all fallen spirits, all entities who have chosen thoughts and actions that plunge them into darkness. It is to ensure this ultimate overcoming of evil that very exacting laws and rules exist, preventing Satan from acting outside these laws. Definite limits are being set always according to the will and choice of the individuals in question. I think I have made it quite clear how the interaction between an individual's lower self and evil spirits follows certain very definite laws. When one makes the effort to question one's own thoughts and to claim one's determination to follow the way of truth and light, the power of the spirits of lying instantly wanes. This may not be immediately discernible to the entity who cannot see the light of its own will to be in truth, nor can he see the entity surrounding him or feel their influence. The effect may come only sometime later, but come it must. How often do you allow yourself to be submerged by thoughts of untruth and confusion and be drowned in them until their effect disconnects you from the spark of life, until you suffer the pain of untruth and confusion? This is sad because it is unnecessary. If God, the creative principle of all universes, is not the enemy of personified evil, who then is? It is God in the manifest personification of the Christ. His light of truth and of eternal life is unbearable to all satanic spirits. This Same light will inspire you with truth and life, will connect you with the source of all life, and will light up your path. But you must make the decision whether you wish the Christ light to shine on your way and make following the light of Christ your way, or whether you unwittingly wish to submerge yourself in thoughts of untruth and confusion, because momentarily this seems easier, and perhaps even more pleasurable and exciting. Ultimately, you fall into a state which you call depression, because you do not have the faith that Christ will come to help you with truth and clarification, if you desire it. Satan's real opponent is Jesus Christ, who came to open a way for all creatures captivated and weakened by satanic influences. This has to do precisely with the fact of personification. When the Christ manifested God as man, thus being both divine and human, he accomplished the greatest feat imaginable. He proved that it was possible to remain true to God, true to truth, and not succumb to the strongest of influences and temptations that the personification of evil could unleash. Through this tremendous act of steadfastness, the man who was God-manifest, and the God who had put on human nature, opened the doors in the souls of all created beings. He forged ahead, enabling those who were submerged in darkness to gradually find their way back to light. Jesus Christ has saved every single entity who ever was created, and every particle of consciousness and energy that ever manifested and ever will manifest as personality. Since he came to earth, the great light is always available for the building of a tunnel to the world of light. When satanic entities encounter this Christ light, they suffer physical pain. All divine attributes are contained in this light, but the light of truth stings evil spirits. The light of love is unbearably oppressive to them, and the light of positive aggression is fearsome and terrifying. Only God manifests can become visible and perceivable to other personifications. God's other aspect, the unmanifest divine principle, can only be indirectly experienced by personalized energy consciousness units. The great light of the cosmic Christ reaches a soul in darkness at first through pain. To some degree, all of you on this wonderful path have occasionally experienced this, to a much lesser degree, of course, than the dark spirits. You have come in touch with a reaction which at first seems inexplicable, where you retract from happiness, fulfillment, pleasure, and love. You close up your centers of receptivity against God's abundance. First, this puzzles you, but later you learn to see and observe this reaction in you, just as you learn to observe any other irrational and destructive reaction. Often, this seems to make so little sense that you become discouraged when you see this reaction in you again and again. You meditate You visualize yourself being receptive to happiness, love, and fulfillment. And yet, this automatic reaction continues. Is it not clear to you yet that the hidden part of your lower self that resists exposure and transformation is unable to allow the personality to stand the light? So prayer is not enough neither is goodwill and meditation, visualization and logic. None of them will make you really accessible to the light as long as there exists a hidden agenda in your soul. In that area, you react similarly to demonic entities who hide from the light of Christ which contains all happiness, eternal fulfillment, and life itself. Your hidden agenda makes you react with pain to Christ's light. In this area, you become connected to the forces of darkness, and you are a target for them. When you observe your own similar reactions of contraction, Restlessness and anxiety when great pleasure and fulfillment come to you, you can then connect with the principle I am trying to convey here. And you will understand very well what I mean when I discuss the demonic spirit's flight from Christ's light. You will also comprehend what history has tried to convey again and again, that Christ is the great adversary of Satan. What exists in microcosm within the human soul also exists in the macrocosm. Every inner drama is a reflection of an outer drama and vice versa. Every battle within the human soul between the forces of light and darkness between the higher self and the lower self, is also waged on a universal level, enacted by many entities at different stages of development. Every personality goes through this battle within himself or herself. Every personality experiences it occasionally in his or her surroundings. And, last but not least, every personality will become involved in larger issues that also represent the universal battle between good and evil. The individual's role in this battle, on whatever level it takes place, very much depends on his or her conscious deliberate choice of where he or she wants to be, When issues are tinged by personal emotions, desires, or interests that belong to the realm of darkness, and these personal emotions are not recognized as fogging the vision, then one truly becomes a target for one or all of the three principles of evil. Cruelty will be hidden under the guise of expressing your feelings while maligning and distortion will become the tools of cruelty and the intent to hurt. Disconnection from deeper reality will blind you to the true meaning of events. Confusion will be rampant, so that truth will be used for lying, and lies will be called the truth. The forces of evil have been allowed to find entrance through your lower self, which you have not dealt with sufficiently. My dearest friends, do not allow yourself to become enmeshed in this battle. Do not unwittingly lend yourselves as tools for the aims of the Prince of Darkness. Use your good will to see the truth. See both the truth of your hidden lower self motives and the truth of your higher self goodwill, and give up the line of least resistance and its negative pleasure, which makes you persist in a destructive course, bringing clouds of pain and darkness to you and those around you. The key is really quite simple it is so tempting to follow negative thoughts and come to believe them. It furthers a lower self-fixation to indulge in the negative pleasure of negative thoughts, suspicions, blames, and accusations, which may or may not be true. Raise the pertinent questions. The first would be, what is the truth here? I want to know the real truth. The second question is, do I want to know the truth in this or that issue? If you can answer these two questions truthfully and in depth, you will dispel the clouds of darkness which carry the three principles of evil. Clarification will come when the truth is really wanted even if a part of the truth at this moment is still that you do not want the truth, that you want to attack, to blame, to see people or events in the worst light. The reason why you secretly wish this can only be explored when you no longer deny feeling this way. The truth will shimmer through slowly but inexorably, once you admit a negative intentionality which then attracts expert spirits of lying and of confusion. Clarity will dissolve the pain of your guilt that is frequently not allowed to surface. You keep it down by strengthening the destructive process of projecting on others what you fear in yourself. Clarity will also help dissolve the pain you inflict on others with this evil projection. Do not ever delude yourself into believing that negative intent and negative thoughts do not inevitably reflect in your actions and affect others in an insidious way. Thoughts can never remain separated things. They create results and events in one form or another. The clarity, which comes from honestly pursuing and answering the above questions, after you have delved into your hidden thought processes, which are seldom completely unconscious, will dissolve the pain. It will reestablish your connection with eternal life. My beloved friends, you are all reaching the point in your development when, taking responsibility for your creation must be combined with a profound knowledge of the invisible worlds, and the laws according to which you attract or repel entities of different nature and development, who then influence you and reinforce the force field within your soul. Each of the many areas of your soul may be influenced by the highest or by the lowest forces. The choice is up to you. It is also important to understand that a person does not experience temporary evil influences because he or she is undeveloped, or evil, or bad. One individual may be more accosted by evil, even though what needs to be purified in his or her soul may be much less dark than another person's soul substance who may be less accosted by demonic influences. I mean this in an absolute sense. The law of attraction and repulsion is purely relative here. For example, if you have reached a comparatively high level of development, the areas which remain to be transformed and are not recognized by your consciousness, even though they may not be particularly destructive or outright wrong, exert, through their unrecognized parts, a greater attraction to evil than does the negative charge of a person who is on an altogether lower plane of development. It would be good if you pondered this law, and could feel into an understanding of it. With this, my dearest ones, I give all of you the blessings of truth and love. The light I bring is always the light of Christ. He has said he is the truth, and he is the way, and he is the life. In his light... You find the way to truth in the smallest and largest issues, in personal and impersonal issues. This way leads to the love of the Creator who has given eternal life. Eternal life can be found only in truth. The way to the truth leads through the mazes of the dark areas in your own soul through encountering the temptation to remain in them and savor their passing gratification, through the deliberate overcoming of this temptation. The great Christ light is the overpowering love of the Creator, of creation, of all that is. Be blessed. Choose this way.